You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with Beth Booker from Gracie PR. Now, how do you write an introduction for somebody who's in the business of making other people look good, sound good, look great, be great? I don't know, uh, but apparently my producer does, so she says it's easy. You borrow a couple of their lines from their own website, so here we go. Beth Booker is a creative entrepreneur with over a decade of experience in PR and marketing with the education to match. She is a CEO or has been the CEO, I guess, of two PR companies. Her diverse background spans multiple industries from fashion to music, beauty to lifestyle, and healthcare to food and beverage. So she is the CEO of Gracie PR. She's our guest today. I'm so excited to learn more about her. She was living in Charlotte, but has now moved down to Florida. So don't hold that against her, but we will still love her and share that story. So Beth, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome, Beth. We're excited and uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. So tell us a little bit about what you do at Gracie PR and how you got in the business in the first place. That's a really great question. So I guess to start, um, I moved to Charlotte in 2014, yes, to go to grad school at UNC Charlotte. And um, after graduating, I worked, you know, in a couple of different agencies and then eventually decided to go out on my own. Uh, my first client was Opera Carolina. So shout out to Opera Carolina for that one and Megan Miller. Um who was like, look, you already have a client ready to go. So like, just do it yourself. And honestly, from there, it just kind of took off with referrals and continued growth. Um, You know, the core services that we've always provided were public relations and social media marketing, though we've done projects and I've done, you know, anything from audits to, you know, websites and just kind of dabbled in a little bit of everything. And I've worked with a ton of different industries, different sized companies. And honestly, I mean, it's, it's something that not only do I really enjoy doing, but it's just something that, you know, I've found that I'm really passionate about because whenever you get those like big press placements and wins for your clients too, it's just like, that's so worth it to see their reaction. I love it. And, and I want to start off with with talking about just PR in general. I think a lot of people out there, when you think of PR, it's like, oh, somebody got arrested. They're going to get they're going to have to write up a, an article about this. They're going to have to cover their ass. Right. It's like PR is like I don't want to say it's a negative thing because it obviously can be a very positive thing. But I think people just don't really understand what encompasses what PR is, right? Like, what do you actually do? I know there's a lot of different things that you do. So tell us a little bit about what you guys do, not only from a PR standpoint, but all of the other aspects of your business. So from a PR standpoint, I think there's definitely everyone always instantly thinks of crisis communication, which is a huge part of it, right? Like, I mean, Gracie PR, we were in the trenches during COVID of like, just trying to help our clients, like, navigate all of all of that just gesturing wildly over here but (laughs) it really is also so much more than just that i mean the biggest part of it is obviously the media relations side so pitching their 
story, their services, their products to publications that are like national, regional, local, trade, you know, podcasts, broadcast, whatever. And then, you know, there's also like the strategic partnership side. So if they have like a charitable aspect that they're really passionate about, finding partners for those, finding sponsorship opportunities for them, you know, speaking engagements and award submissions, there's a lot that really kind of goes into it. And I think the thing that is really kind of confusing whenever people are looking at PR as a service in general is that they're always like, well, how are you measuring it? <laughs> like, how 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 am I going to know what my ROI is? You know, and I'm like, that's a really great question um, because I'm in the business of like building brand awareness and credibility and humanizing you and your company so that people like you as like a person or as a business before they even want to purchase anything from you. And that's extremely hard to measure. I mean, obviously, we look at things like domain authority and coverage views and, you know, like unique visitors per month and all of those types of things on digital publications or circulation or viewership or listenership. And it really kind of just comes down to like, I'm very much so in the camp of like, I like to have quality placements over just quantity of placements. I think that is a really big distinction that a lot of people, especially in like very big agency settings, um, kind of have to go for because they have like benchmarks that they have to meet with like how many pitches they're sending out every month. And that's just not how I roll. So, Yeah. Well, the yeah. question could be, what does it cost you if you don't do it? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to tell people, I'm like, it's an efforts-based service. So I'm like, you're going to pay me the same way you're going to pay your attorney. Like you're going to pay me for my experience, my expertise, my relationships, you know, and I'm going to work my butt off to do everything I can to get you the result that you want. But like, you can never guarantee anything out of it, which is kind of the hard thing to translate. But then at the same time, you're like, but you really need it, you know? Absolutely. Right. You go on uh, on your website, you actually have some amazing case studies, one of them being Girl Tribe, who we also had on our podcast. They're an amazing local story here. You um, are, are very upfront about saying that you are in a lot of different segments, right? A lot of different markets. It's not necessarily if you're in construction or if you're you know, a nonprofit or if you're a hospital, you pretty much do all of that. And we talk a lot about in our business about it's not about what, you know, vertical you're in. It's really about the relationship and having somebody that can listen and understand what your goals are and reverse mm -hmm. engineer that to achieve those. What do you think has made you successful being in all of these different industries where maybe a, you know, a concrete company calls you and you never worked in concrete before? And they want to know, what do you know about concrete? And you're like, nothing. But I know how to make concrete the best thing that people ever see, right? Like, tell me about how that works. Because I do feel like as agencies get bigger, they really try to segment into a specific vertical. Whereas you seem to be more about the relationship and more about listening and understanding what their goals are and then implementing a plan to make that happen. So I would love to see kind of how, was it just, you just had a client and then another one came over here and then well, hey, I just got that. And, and then now it grew where you're like, I don't really need to be in an exact vertical. I can help everybody. So I'd love to hear kind of your vision on, on how you have that conversation. So I started my career doing PR in like the food and beverage hospitality kind of arena. And I have worked with a lot of those clients, but I kind of, I was one of those companies that had to kind of pivot 
during COVID because at that time, you know, restaurants were not like able to put energy or effort or money toward that service. And, you know, I definitely did it and like we got through it, but it was interesting because at that point I had kind of pared down my client list. And then the inquiries I started to get after, you know, things kind of started picking back up again, were in that like wellness, beauty, fashion kind of um, industry. And I am interested in all of those things. I mean, I love food too, you know, don't get me wrong. I love all the things, but I think the thing that's the most interesting about how I do work with all of these different verticals, all these different industries is that I am a huge nerd. Like I love to learn. I want to know as much as possible about everything because I think it just makes you a more well-rounded person. So I have like really weird random knowledge in my head about like dermatology and dentistry and like fashion supply and chain. And then, you know, there's like the, you know, startups and fundraising and like learning about all these different things that I otherwise wouldn't know. One of my clients in Charlotte is kind of Caneo um, in South End. And, you know, they're amazing. But at the same time, I'm like, it's dangerous because they recommend products and tips and their pitches for me. And then I'm like on Amazon that night, like, hmm, like, wow, like I should buy this. Like I, I need to buy this, you know? <laughs> Um, but I think it's really interesting too, because it's an opportunity to learn about what really interests you. And then you can use that to pitch the client. And then the other side of it too, is to why I really kind of run off of like these different relationships. And I don't really silo myself into any particular industry is because I'm very big on like vibes. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a cringe word or whatever now with Gen Z or whatever, but <laughs> vibes are it. Um, like if I feel like I can talk to you or if I feel like we're getting lost in the conversation on an intro call and like, you know, all of a sudden I look and I'm like, oh, wow, like our time's up already. Like I'm like, that's a good sign for me because I think that's the beauty of running your own company in that you can pick and choose who feels right for you and you don't have to just, you know, stick with one particular thing because like, that's what you should do. Like, no, you should do whatever feels good for you. I agree. We'll also think of it this way. And I tell people this all the time. Um, if you're working with one organization in a vertical and that's all they focus on, then what differentiate you from anybody else in your competition? right? What's the point? If everybody's going to be doing the same things, why not bring in somebody that could, you know, bring creative ideas and a different way of thinking from a different industry that could be very similar to yours, but you've never thought that way. So I almost look at it as a positive to bring somebody in like yourself that's willing to learn, that wants to dive into it because you're going to have unique, creative and different ideas than everybody that's been in that same lane. So I think that's a positive. Yeah, fresh yeah. perspective yeah. too, right? Yeah. Like maybe look at things a little differently than than the herd, so yeah. to speak, that they might hire within their industry. But also yeah, just from a smart business practice, uh, we kind of view our business as as a, you know, like you would your financial portfolio. It's good to be diverse in your client base. You just mentioned yeah. restaurants during COVID. Guess what? 
they were suffering. They weren't buying. We have a lot of restaurant clients. We understand exactly what <laughs> you just said. Yep. Uh, my wife is in the restaurant business, so I'm very close to that industry. But um, yeah, so it's just smart as well. Um, and yeah. we were scrolling through your website. Your website's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, love the colors you chose on it. It's it's very, like you said, it has a great vibe. Uh, and we, we recognize you. some of those names like Gr- Girl Tribe and Hilliard Studio and some of the others. I'm curious where the name Gracie PR came from because you're Beth Booker. Yes, I cannot tell you how many uh, emails and calls I get, and they're like, "Hey, Gracie," and I'm like, "Beth, yeah. um, can I please my, speak so, with Gracie?" You're like, "No, you can't." So, okay, um, a couple of things. First, my middle name is Grace, so that's important context. Um, second, I never wanted to name a business after myself directly because I feel like already when you're a business owner, you feel like you are your business, like you are your service. And so it's really hard to distinguish between the two. So I kind of wanted to keep them separate. And the third thing is that Gracie is actually the name of my great grandmother and my family, um, like tried and true over the past, you know, a few decades have named their children with like a nod to her and her name. Um, you know, whether it's a middle name or a first name, that's why my middle name's Grace. My mom's middle name is Grace. And, you know, I have two boys and I did not name them Grayson or anything along those lines. And so I was like, you know, what would be really cool for like a woman born in 1914? I'm going to name a whole business after her. <laughs> And, um, you know, it, it felt like it just felt right. It was one of those things where even whenever I started with the launch of the company and everything, our anniversary is actually March 1st um, for four years. But I just like I didn't even think I just did it, which is so out of character for me because I'm such a planner. But I was like, yeah, great CPR. That sounds good. All right. These are the services we're going to offer. I'm going to build a website. You know, it's just like. It, it was really fast, but I think it's a very cool way to honor, um, honor someone in my family in a way that's a little bit different than what, you know, my cousins and everyone else has done. No shade to my cousins. I love you guys. I mean, 10 out of 10 on the naming for your kids, but I got a, I, uh, wanna... I got a personal question for story. you. So I also have two boys. How old are your boys? Seven and four. Oh, so, all right. Mine are four and two. Does it get easier? Um, <laughs> exactly. That's the, that's the answer I expected. I, I would assume it's just a different challenge. Yes. And they, yeah. They get, um, they get a little bit, uh, wittier and smarter. So the, the comebacks are stronger, but I really hope it ends up with him like leading a company or doing something really great and not like a prison gang. So, you know, well, I, if he does get in the prison game, he, he, uh, he has the PR to get out of it. So that's good. Um, but Hey, I mean, it's also cool that, that you own your own company, right? So your, your boys will, will get to, to see that, right. And they'll get to experience what it's like. One thing that you mentioned, which it comes up on every podcast, it seems when people start a business, the difference between starting a business and not is just doing it, right? The amount of people that don't come on this podcast because they don't start a company or a brand that just think about it and think about it and think about it. And I'm going to call my dad out because I love him to death. But my dad is the king of saying, I had that idea 25 years ago. If I had done that and I'm over here going, yeah, we wouldn't be working. We'd be on a yacht. Right. But you didn't. And the reality is, is, is I think a lot of people get caught up in that. What am I going to name my business? What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Do I need to do a website? And then years go by and they never do it. 
Like you just have to do it. If you want to start a business, you already have the mindset of being an entrepreneur. You already have the ability to take the risk and you've already failed more times in your life than you've been successful. You just have to do it. And I love how you're just like, let's roll. Here's a website. Here it is. And now four years later, you go on your your website and you look at the results. You have publications in Wall Street Journal, Forbes, TLC, Men's Health, Southern Living. I mean, this is the the massive you know, publications around our country and the world. And you've been able to get not only your companies into those, but it's really your work representing them. And I think you should be really proud of that because in four years, just scroll through. This is where we, what we get to brag about. And it's just like, damn. All right. So a props. Uh, I don't even have a question. I, I just I have know. a question. <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So some of those brands and some of those articles, and this is just from a business, you know, inquiring, right? Like, are those scenarios, how many of those scenarios are like pay to play, right? Like pay to be featured, pay to be in the article, pay to be, I understand if you're running an ad, that's one thing you're definitely paying there. But if there's a story there that they just happen to pick up and include in their magazine, is that a pay to play environment? Or is that just, hey, we're telling stories, we're sharing intel here? I can tell you that every single article that I've ever gotten my clients in that is shared on my website has been earned. Not a single one is awesome. paper play. Good for you. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's amazing. really, really cool. And that speaks volumes as to Hell to yeah. your, you know, your skill set and, and what you're doing yeah. for your clients. I mean, it's like back to the nerd thing. I can look at a brand or a business and immediately I'll come up with like five different angles that we could go, you know, for pitching. Um, And it's just kind of understanding how to tell stories and who to pitch them to properly. I mean, that's literally all it is. I was like, not be intentional with it. Don't be lazy. Like read, read the work that these people are writing and then find like what care, what they care about and then pitch it to them, you know? That's awesome. But I, I'm like not big on pay to play. It's just, I don't know. I mean, we have done it for like award, like applications, you know, in the past, we've definitely had meetings where, you know, they reach out and they want to do an interview with your client. And then all of a sudden, you know, they start rattling down everything you're going to get. And then you have to be like, that's not really part of our strategy right now, but we really appreciate it. Um, but I just think that there's something really, really valuable in earned media whenever it is in those placements. Like I had a client who was in New York magazines, the cut, um, in the print and digital edition, they're going to be on your podcast next month too. Um, but I mean, that is killer. Like that is a hell of a placement and it's garnered more press coverage so it's like a snowball effect whenever you get those really high quality placements for people um because then other people are like wait i want to talk to them too you know (laughs) of course what would you say and i'm sure you're proud of every single win for every single client you work with but top of mind what would come to mind as as one of those scenarios that you're most proud of in the brand you were working with Oh my gosh. That's like picking your favorite child. I I know it might not be a a fair question, but at the same time, Mm. um, you know, some of them pull at your heartstrings and just feel different, right? Like as a win. Um, 
you know, and yeah, if, if, if mean, you don't feel comfortable answering, I get it. But no, I honestly, I feel like New York magazine was a huge one. That one was really recent too. that just came out the beginning of February. Um, anytime I get a placement in like a beauty publication that I actually consume like in style or glamour, that's always really fun. Um, and it's like I said, like it, it really also comes down to like my client's reaction, right? Like whenever they are just so over the moon, like excited and you can hear it in their voice and they're sharing it everywhere. And, you know, it's like, that is what makes it all worth it. Because even in PR, like for every, you know, 10 pitches I send, I might get a couple responses and then you have to follow up and it's like finding different angles. So it can be a really like, thankless, rough job. I always say like anyone who works in PR is a masochist because like <laughs> we just constantly get rejected all day. And then it's like they answer and you're like, hi. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> hi. I didn't expect you to reach back out. Like, you see me? Like, cool. Um, It's like, I don't know. It probably is something I should talk to my therapist about um, because <laughs> but I'm like, I'm really competitive. So it helps because, you know, it kind of drives me to be like, okay, well, you didn't answer this pitch. I'm going to come up with a different one, you know? Um, but I think that every placement is good in its own right. It really comes down to, you know, what my client's goals are too. Like I have some who want as many placements as possible because they want to try to get like verified on Instagram, or they just really want to make sure that like traffic is coming to their website, or they really want to sell products. And then I have others who are like, I want to be really intentional about how we share our story. And that's kind of how I build out my strategy for each client. Very cool. I want to ask you, so as we've gone through COVID and we've can't come out of, well, I guess we're coming out of COVID, whatever. Um, <laughs> things have changed a lot in the last three years, right? And also when you look at Gen Z and, and really younger generations, what do they really care about, right? And that's changed a lot. Um, I think really just what a being a professional is has changed. You know, I mean, I'm 38 years old and it was like, you either go to college or not, you're going to be a failure in life. That was kind of the, the mindset. Now you have people that are streaming their video games on Twitch and they're making millions of dollars. You know, it's like 20 years ago, you couldn't play video games and tell your parents that this is going to be a career. Well, now it mm -hmm. is, right? So a lot of things have changed, but it's also about how people are sharing their story. What do they want people to know about their organization? And I know this is going to be different in, any, in different industries, but really what have you kind of seen from a trending standpoint when you talk with these organizations from a PR standpoint? What do they want the people to know about them? And then what is kind of your feedback of, okay, that's great, but we need to focus into, you know, what we do to give back. We need to focus into what do we do from a sustainability standpoint. We need to focus into a lot of different areas more than just the bottom line. And when we work with organizations, it's all about sharing that story. And it's not about, look at me, look what we do. We're the best. Look at all the awards. It's more about this is who we are. This is our culture. This is how we support the community. And we utilize our medium to share that story, right? And to really connect people to more than just, oh, we're an organization, we make a lot of money, we're great, right? Now it's a lot more than that, and people care about that. You can't go and get a 23-year-old and say, here's a salary and a 401k, we love you, sit in a cube, 
They want to know what you're giving back to the community. They want to know that they can have time to go volunteer. They want to know that you guys are working to save the environment. And we see that in a lot of different verticals. So I'd love to know kind of from a high level, what are you seeing in that direction and how are organizations trying to share their story and really change the way they share that story? So that's a really great question. And I am fascinated by Gen Z. I think that they are such a cool and like just like smart generation. I mean, minus the whole Tide Pods thing, but you know, <laughs> for, for the most part they're, you know, I think that they're really going to change the game a lot. Um, my kids and your kids too are going to be generation alpha, which is also really fascinating oh, to God, research. Don't tell my four-year-old he's going to be alpha already. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know um, mine has never like gonna a, know. Gonna Gen- have a God generation alpha. We're all screwed. We're screwed. I know. I'm like, I don't even know this- that's the name of it. Oh my God. Oh yeah, I'll send you some articles. Um, can't, can't wait. Yeah, um, but I honestly think that like you you have to look at those generations that are considered like the younger one as the benchmark or what people are talking about because that's where the future is going to be going. And they do care about things like you know work life balance and like the environment and all of the like and supporting your community and standing up for what's right and. So with each client I work with, you know, for example, like Kenneo in Charlotte, hair salon, everyone knows who they are. They're the official salon of, you know, the top cats for the Panthers. They um they have a great reputation. And so for doing PR for them on a national level, we're also like we're not just focusing on like, okay, they do hair and they do makeup and they have like a really cool client list and, you know, a, a really gorgeous space. But it's also like they give like a percentage every single month, you know, to Hope for Justice, which is a human trafficking organization, um, you know, to fund that because human trafficking is a big issue in Charlotte. They also do a four day work week for their employees because, you know, and PTO and paid maternity leave and all of these things that are like important to discuss, especially in the beauty industry. I mean, alone. And I think when you tell those stories, it's really helpful to kind of show like, Hey, yeah, they do hair and makeup and they are killer at it, but they also do, these things like Fridays, every single product they sell, they pick a nonprofit local to Charlotte and they donate every single, every single dollar from those products to that organization. So it's like, those are the stories that we want to tell. Those are the stories that are going to make people who are going to be like, wow, like that's so cool. I didn't know that. Like, oh, wow. The beauty industry is really crazy. And to make sure that, you know, employees have all these great benefits plus a four day work week and a one Saturday off a month and the beauty industry is unheard of. So it's like telling, it's like honing in on those little things and like using like sustainable products in their salon and, you know, finding ways for them to provide like expert commentary on those aspects. But the other thing too, in PR is like, we're always looking out like, this is what we can pitch for the next couple of months. And then this is what we're going to be pitching that's in three to six months. So like we've already been pitching in February for mother's day, like in June, we're going to start pitching for Christmas, you know, but at the same time, like we're in February. So I'm pitching for mother's day, but I'm also going to be pitching for earth day. 
And so it really kind of depends on how you're, you're doing your targeting. It takes a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, I bet. That's, and that's really cool. I did not know that about them. Um, yeah, really, I didn't really, really cool. And social responsibility is a huge conversation internally here and, and just an in industry wide in, in our branded merchandise space. But yeah, um, it's very important. It's, and that's the story, right? Like that's, that's the culture. That's the story. Like, look, we all have products and services, but if we have the story that help give back and help others, um, that's why people, people love to do business with people. They like trust, do good mm-hmm. and deliver, right? Like that's- that's PR, baby. Yeah, I love it. I'd like to, it. to tell all my clients that are listening to this. Um, <laughs> she plans for Christmas in June. <laughs> yes. And we've been talking to you about yes. this for years. Yes. So call me in June. Let's get those Christmas gifts rocking, baby. That's right. Time's the only thing that stops us from being badass. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> we might need some additional PR. Yeah. I love it. I love um, it. Tell us, um, you know, right now it seems like you have an, a, an amazing, you know, client base, ones that have been loyal, ones that you've been able to grow with. It seems like you're a very referral-based organization where once you do great work for someone else, they're excited to share your name, excited to get you in touch with people. So one, are you, are you taking new clients? And B, what would that client look like if the perfect business owner was listening to this right now? Um, I don't want to say who would that be, but who would you want to, to be speaking to and what would that organization look like as you continue to grow your, your, uh, your business? So I am taking new clients right now. And I also feel like the ideal client that I would love to be working with um, at any point right now, two months from now, to like 10 years from now is the client that really understands like what they want out of PR, they see the value in it. Because often I do have these conversations with these companies who want, who are like, oh, I want to hire a a publicist or whatever. And then they start comparing it to like advertising and they're like, well, I can just do Google ads or I can just do, you know, Instagram ads or whatever. And like, there's a place for all of that. I really think that if you can find a way to make it work to have you know, PR, email marketing, social media marketing, like digital paid, it's like all of those aspects, like then, you know, you're really making it work for you. But I think people who really, really see the value in like wanting to share their story or wanting me to like be able to be like, yeah, these are all the things we could talk about with your brand. Um, And then seeing the value in that. I mean, I obviously have a very sweet spot for female owned businesses. Um, The majority of my clients have been, you know, female operated ran. Um, I love working in the beauty space, obviously. Um, also fashion, interior designers. I would love to work with interior designers again. Um, you know, realtors, honestly, I, it's anything that I feel like I find interesting is what I like to dive into. Um, there's a lot of industries I have worked with. There's some that I'm kind of like, I don't think I'm the best person for that job. Like, you know, like if you have something like with Bitcoin, like I'm not your girl, like you, you don't want me pitching you. <laughs> I'll be on Google the whole time and all of your hours are just going to get sucked up. And then I'll be like, you know, I'm done. So it's, I think it's knowing where your strengths are and where you thrive. And then also knowing like where you don't. <laughs> yeah. But that's also good to know that you would have that conversation. 
Um, Oh, absolutely. And then I'll refer them to somebody else. I mean, I had a potential client reach out. They were coming to Charlotte and um, I, you know, they asked me, are you physically in Charlotte? And I said, no, I'm, I'm not. I actually moved and I'm in Florida and I, I work with a ton of Charlotte companies I have since I've been down here. And they, um, you know, they were like, I was like, I'm more than happy to refer you. And I referred them to three agencies in Charlotte that I knew would take good care of them. And like, that's just what you do. There's always a seat at the table, you know, it's like, I don't need every single client that comes to me. There's always going to be another one. Sure. Absolutely. I love that how you answer that question about understanding what they want in PR. But I think the biggest key to that is seeing the value and what they mm-hmm. provide. And, you know, with our organization, that that means a lot to us, you know, because time is the most valuable thing you have and, and everybody's clock is ticking. So we always talk about, you know, you buy the way you sell, you sell the way you buy. A lot of people are different than that, right? They might want to sell, well, we're service and quality and we have the best thing ever, yet they want to go buy everything on Amazon Prime and buy the cheapest stuff possible, right? It's like, so does that even make sense? You need to really think about when you're working with your partners, when you're working with organizations, value their time and they'll value your time. And when you have that relationship and you become friends, it's mutually beneficial. It's fun. You're supporting each other. And that's the journey that we want for our customers, right? I I love it. I've never had anybody say to see the actual value in it. And we've been doing this for five and a half years. Yeah. That's I'm right. some, somebody's probably gonna be like, yeah, dude, episode 32, I said it, but you know, <laughs> I forgot about that. All right. I didn't even have kids in episode 32. So anyways, well, this is, um, this has been amazing. What's the best way for people to get in contact with you, you know, follow your journey and, uh, give us that, uh, that information. So if you want to connect with me personally, you can on Instagram at it's Beth Booker or, um, with Gracie PR, you can go to it's Gracie PR. And for my website, it's graciepr.com. I'm also on Twitter, but enter at your own risk. That's also it's Beth or it's Beth Booker. Um actually maybe don't follow me on Twitter. I don't know if you want to see that. Um <laughs> too late. <laughs> too late. Yeah, I know. Um, and then if you want to shoot me an email, you know, I accept all love letters and hate mail at uh, <laughs> Beth at graciepr.com. That's awesome. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Come on, you don't get that much hate mail. You'd be shocked. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I I love your personality. I love what you've created. We're we're very thankful that you carved out a few minutes for us this morning, and we're excited to share your story. And uh, you know, congratulations on your success thus far, and your four year anniversary that's coming up. Absolutely. I wanna. I know we're wrapping this up, but I I, I really want to mention this because I did go on your LinkedIn and I saw this, but you are also the president of spread sunshine and give grace. As we wrap this up quickly, tell us a little bit about what that is. Um, I am in Southwest Florida and Naples where hurricane Ian had hit directly in September. My mom was on Fort Myers beach when the storm had hit and I lost contact with her. When I posted about it on Twitter, I went viral and ended up getting hounded by every publication I've ever chased in my entire career for interviews. Um, I had no idea if she was okay. And she, we lost contact with each other. And then she was rescued the next day by my best friend and my husband on a boat. Um, But we had 12 and a half feet of water at her house and the water came up the stairs and she said, 
God, if you're going to take me do it quick, but I'm going to fight you every step of the way. And after that, I felt like I really needed to do something to give back to our community because I was very, very, very fortunate when I tell you that there were so many people who did not make it on that island and my mom did. And I knew that we had to do something. So my friends and I naturally decided, you know, in the midst of all of this, let's start a nonprofit. And we did. And, you know, we we launched it with donations and, you know, physical and monetary. We went and did, you know, drops with hot food and cold water and everything we could just to kind of try to support everybody um, during that time. So it was something that was a very, very scary moment. If you Google my name, I'm sure you will see me on Good Morning America and all the other things that came out of it with me crying and snot coming out of my nose. It was really, <laughs> really, really lovely. Um, but something really good came out of that with our nonprofit. So wow. super proud wow. of that. And you know, that just yeah. speaks to the volume of you being so intentional and reaching out to so many of these publications where it was almost like when you were in need, they were there, right? And they gave you that platform to be able to share your story. And then you you took that even a next step and created that nonprofit. My mother and father-in-law have a place down in, in Port Charlotte. Um, mm. and, and luckily they were not there, but a lot of their neighbors and, and they lost some people, right? Like it's, it's, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, so thank you for that. I, 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 I wanted to mention that I, I saw it and I'm like, I want to learn about this and, and that's a great story. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Um, I got nothing else. I mean, I got a bunch of things. I'd probably talk to you forever, but, um, <laughs> we, we got a little bit of a time thing. So I, I, I thank you for telling us about, you know, how people can get in touch with you. Like we always mention, please like, share, comment, go follow, you know, Gracie PR, uh, go check out some of their, their case studies. If you're an organization that's looking for somebody, you're looking to make a change, you can go look at the organizations that she works for. And I think this podcast does a great job of, of how she can represent your organization. And, uh, and we just wish you the best. I think you're, you're on a, a fast path or fast path to, uh, to even more success. And, uh, it'll be a fun journey to follow. Thank you guys so much. I had so much fun with you. You are starting my weekend off perfectly That's so awesome. i really appreciate it Heck yeah well maybe we can double down on that when we post it and get it out there in That's a week right. or two or however long it is uh our man yash gets it ready for us but uh hopefully we can make <laughs> another one of your friday soon and Absolutely. we're looking forward to your clients and friends coming on and yeah thanks again absolutely i'll see you guys next month yeah, yeah. So i'm looking forward to it yes <laughs> it'll be awesome when you're in charlotte i look forward to meeting you uh in person and uh, again thank you so much for joining us like i always mentioned like share comment um check it out uh, if you're an organization and you want to get in touch you can reach out to me and scott or you can reach out to uh to beth directly uh but again thank you this has been awesome and uh you are you're going to continue to grow and who knows in five years you might have 20 people working under you it'll be crazy <laughs> Um, that's the, hope. that's the hope. I love it. Well, thank you so much until next time you have been listening to this episode of the brand builders podcast. You've been listening to the brand builders podcast brought to you by the Dunstan group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young for branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last check out the Dunstan group at dunstangroup.com.